Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us here on the Recruitment Roundup podcast, which is brought to you by BMS Performance. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, BMS Performance is a specialist sales and marketing recruitment consultancy. For the last 30 years, we've been helping businesses across the UK recruit for vacancies at every level. I'm your host, Mike Leather. We'll get stuck into the latest trends in regards to recruitment. We'll talk about insights, we share ideas, we share experiences, and ultimately we look to provide value to fundamentally help you, you whether or not you're a hiring manager, a business leader, or part of an internal talent team to recruit smarter, faster and more effectively. We've been away for a little while, um, but today I'm delighted to be joined by my new co-host, Sam Muzi-Urira. Welcome to the show, Sam. Great to have you alongside with me. Mike, thank you so much for having me. Really excited to spend some time with you, but also looking forward to the season ahead. So yeah, let's get get stuck in. Indeed, indeed. So we're going to be talking about a couple of subjects today, both of which are going to be relevant for sales directors, sales managers, hiring managers, but also sales professionals as well. I think the first the first one we want to talk about is what makes a top performing new business sales professional in the current market. And we're definitely not immune to this, but most companies across the UK, across all industry sectors, have definitely had a more challenging 2023 than 2022, haven't they? 100%. And a, a real reason for that is Fundamentally, it's been harder to sell, hasn't it? Companies have been tighter with their budgets, more cautious about what they're investing in, less reluctant to meet with new partners, new vendors, new suppliers. So that has made the environment that we find ourselves in a much more challenging one and even more difficult for salespeople. So, you know, we've seen that in our business, haven't we? People have had to really relearn skills that they might not have had to use for several years um mainly around bd so we wanted to get into this i think it'd be a good a good topic what are your thoughts sam because i think it's a really really good topic um thinking about the challenges like you've said um especially coming out of covid um sales new business sales has been a challenge and within most organizations that we tend to deal with but yeah i've got some exciting points that i'd like to um to dig into and really explore this topic a bit further yeah, well, then you can kick off. Point one. <laughs> yeah, I think point one for me, when when I break down new business sales and the real top performers within any organization, I think in the most basic element, it starts off with communication, really. Yeah. And I think from my end, communication is split into a couple of vertical points. Um, so when I think about just the first ability to be able to build rapport, um, yeah. I think that's such a lost art and the top performers can really do that. Um, on top of that, it's also the ability to effectively listen, right? Um, high yeah. performers, high performing new business sales professionals can listen um, and be able to articulate, you know, features um, and benefits um, to, you know, to the customer that they're engaging with. So it's that ability to build rapport, the ability to listen, the ability to convey um, articulately the benefits um, and features, you know, of, of a product that they're able to use. And then, yeah, it's just the yeah the ability to build rapport. So in the most basic element is probably a point that I'd like to start with. Yeah, because you'll be the same. I, I get hammered by email outreach. Just do. I, I would say 90% of salespeople which are mostly bds sdrs that prospect me 
just send me an email. Like I must get ninety percent emails, ten percent cold calls. I've had one cold call in the last three months from someone trying to sell me something. That's how you you need to know. And most of the emails you get are completely unqualified anyway. They're not talking about problem that I might have and how said product service solves it. So I definitely think that piece, effective communication, rapport building, totally agree. I think if we look at the people in our business that do really well, but also the candidates that we see that we know are top performers because they're proven that top performers when we assess them. In a new business environment, they have got a real good grip of a multi-channel approach. Yeah. Because the buyers, certainly in this environment, this climate, they like to be communicated in different ways, don't they? Like you, if you were prospecting me and you were trying to cold call me, and I'm going to contradict what I just said, um, but hopefully people understand, you probably wouldn't get me on your first approach with with, with a cold call. Yeah. But if you were sending me WhatsApps, if you were sending me voice notes, I would respond to you. And then you get me on the phone. So all roads lead back to the phone or, or teams. Um, what have you seen? You, know, you you deal with loads of candidates, like the best ones. What have you seen around like their use of a multi-channel approach? Yeah, I think all the top performers really, really lean on that. And the thing that we're looking for when we're looking to engage with the different stakeholders within any sales process is familiarity. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, you spoke about, you know, cold calling and picking up the phone being a lost art. You know, I'm probably similar. You know, if you're going to look to try gain my attention, it's not just going to be the first time that you ring me, you're going to be able to sell me something. Um, mm-hmm. Ideally, you want to be in front off your, you know, your prospected uh, customer uh, by using a few different channels. Um, you want to, you know, make that outreach call. Um, and if you're unsuccessful, you want to send a personalized bespoke email again, which really um, would highlight key challenges that the customer's probably facing. And then, you know, you want to stand out, you want to utilize WhatsApp, you want to use a WhatsApp voice note, you want to use, you know, the different tools that we have. There is so much available right now in this modern world of selling. Um, LinkedIn, um, again, LinkedIn voice note, gifts. I'm I'm a massive fan of, you know, personalized (laughs) um, approaches and yeah, really standing out because, you know, it's all about standing out in the noise because there is a lot of noise out there mike there are there is. lots yeah. of sales professionals i mean in our industry there's lots of recruitment companies so it's all about you know imagining yourself being on the other end of that phone call imagine yeah. yourself being on the other end of that outreach and you know what would you want to see and that's kind of the mindset that yeah. you want to put yourself into um, to yeah. be successful how would you want to be prospected exactly what would you want to hear yeah what would you want to hear yeah you, you've you've described their um, a cadence basically without calling yeah. a cadence. Yeah. Um, how important is that in your view to have a, a structure yeah. Yeah. around your your prospecting methodology? Hundred percent, and this boils down to probably one of the points that I was going to speak to, which is you know goal orientation but when you speak about a cadence for some people that might not understand um, a cadence is essentially a step-by-step process um, that you know we would be looking to follow and implement within your sales process to ultimately be successful what we're looking for here is a guide uh, and then the beauty of the cadence is you know we're then looking for patterns and repetitions so yeah for my I live and die by my cadence um, it's important to you know have that process but not just to create it to stick to it um, um, in over 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 a period of time. So, for the benefit of the people listening who might not have a structured cadence, maybe they're um, 
prospecting revolves around I'm going to make a phone call today they don't answer I'll send them an email later on then I'll try them at some point tomorrow and if they don't answer maybe I'll give them a call at the end of the week like what benefits do you feel having a cadence has personally um, enabled you to you to achieve um, and like what outcomes have you seen yeah so um, my the benefits that I've seen from having a cadence is it's allowed me to realize why I am being successful within my sales process right it's <laughs> it's given me the opportunity to be able to quantify and to have these targets and metrics that I could work towards on a daily basis so I know fully well that um, if we were to Maybe look at a target just to make it you know really simple for um for people let's say i'm a sales professional and my target is you know ten thousand um dollars per month um ten thousand pounds per month i don't know what yeah. dollars are. um for you to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um it's all about breaking that down right and working backwards so to reach this ten thousand uh, pound target how many deals do i need to get you know so yeah. if it's two deals um you know what is comprised within a deal i'm probably going to need to you know potentially send out a proposal you know so yeah. how many proposals to get those two deals to get to ten thousand you know let's say it's a 50 percent conversion rate that's four to get those proposals out i need to have conversations you know how many conversations do i need to have on a, on a daily basis mm -hmm. i need to speak to maybe 10 decision makers on average that's your success metric isn't that's it? my success that's metric. It. yeah yeah exactly and that's what i'm looking for and to speak to these um people how many calls do i need to make you know so it's all about that goal orientation that process uh, my cadence has allowed me to you know look at my data and look and see look to reach my job target you know i need to speak to uh, this amount of people on a daily basis i need to speak to 10 people i need to um the quality of the outreach has to be this so it's all about something being tangible you're not shooting in the dark shall we say you've got a real process to be able to follow to be successful over time yeah yeah that, that, that's really good and i think i think at the moment when you said before standing out from the noise that is what the top performers will be doing across any industry sector in an environment where it's more difficult to sell we've got to try and change our approach we talk about purposeful prospecting don't we and being intentional about everything you do can achieve better results because the person again receiving the outreach can see that they're not just a number you know they're not stuck in some marketing campaign where they're getting loads of generic emails so yeah that's definitely something we've seen top performers doing people doing within our business too i want to go back to gifts because you mentioned gifts <laughs> don't get me started with gifts. Talk, give us two examples of some gifts that you've used yeah and what, and, and yeah. what results have you had that's a great point i think you know, we, we spoke about cadence earlier on i've i've utilized a gif i think it's so so important to try and stand off with the noise just to give you an, an example um there was um, this customer that i was um, prospecting going back you know a few months ago um, i think i had tried to you know ring ring them uh, ring a few different potential stakeholders that i thought were the right people to speak to wasn't being successful i tried to send some bespoke emails wasn't getting anything back um i was able to get a connection acceptance on linkedin um again you know tried to send a linkedin message that didn't work um i then followed up um with a with a linkedin voice note 
you know, I thought that was probably a good approach. Again, that didn't work. So, you know, um, I thought, you know, what could help me potentially stand off from the noise? And on your LinkedIn, if you look on your setting, well, in 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 the direct message settings, there are loads of gifts and loads of memes. Um, and you know, I'm you know, I'm a sucker for anything that's you know funny or you know even even you sad. the approach though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it brings a bit of humor to it, and yeah, you know, people yes. relate to it. Exactly, exactly. So there's, you know, quite a lot of gifts that I tend to like that I like to see. And yeah, believe it or not, I sent a, a crying face gift. So it was, um, <laughs> I, I dug that one out the archives. I thought it was really good. I said, if I can't get a response uh, to this, you know, then geez, like I'm probably barking up the wrong tree. I sent this gift. I got a, an amazing response. Um, turns out that, you know, you know, my messages had been missed. You know, they'd been meaning to come back to me. Um, I was actually able to pick up, you know, a meeting on the back of that um, had a meeting um, you know worked on a few vacancies uh, filled uh, one of the vacancies as well so it's an all in all um, success story that you know uh, I hold clear to my heart because um, yeah uh, so the mighty gif um, and you know there's gifts on all different platforms right um, but it, yeah. it's definitely an approach that I would 100% recommend to you know humanize yourself get yourself standing up from the noise but also just to think a bit outside the box because sometimes that's what it that's what it takes to to get someone's attention yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Thanks. Great use of prospects. And makes it a bit more interesting as well, though, doesn't it? Exactly. You know, trying these different approaches makes you know, BD more fun. Yeah, and, exactly. and at times it can be one-dimensional, can't it? Because, and it is monotonous, but yeah. sales is, is repetitive, it's monotonous, and the best salespeople master the basics and do yeah. the basics exceptionally well every day, don't they? So this just brings a different yeah. dynamic. So if people haven't tried using GIFs or memes, then just do it. Perfume yourself. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> so we covered off, haven't we? Rapport. Yeah. Um, multi-channel approach. Yeah. Understanding your success metrics. Yeah. Gifts. Yeah. Um, there's another point I wanted to, to talk about just before we move on. Um, yeah. which is arguably the most important, which is having a an inch wide, mile deep, as we would call it. Yeah. Understanding of your target customer profile. So you know, to give a bit of context on this. If I'm a salesperson and I am prospecting logistics companies, right? So, and I can, my patch is Coventry oh, and Warwick. That, Mike. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Coventry and Warwick is logistics. And that's my market. Yeah. Then, and that's the one that I've chosen to target on, target. Then I need to be certain that. I understand what the community of decision makers are like in that sector, what problems they experience at the moment, how much their problems weigh on them. Then I know if my product solution service is going to be a fit. And I want to know that I've got an idea of what's going to motivate them to want to speak to me. But that takes time, doesn't it? And I think certainly what in, in my experience and what I've seen, you get salespeople and they'll be more like scattergun. And they'll like speak to every different industry sector without really thinking about who needs who needs this solution. Yeah. And then targeting that and really spending time on getting to know that particular market segment. So I wanted to touch on that because I think it's it's important. We don't talk about it enough, but it's going back to that purposeful prospecting piece, isn't it? 100% 100% Mike it's um it's such a such a key point and when I think great example with the logistics by the way um <laughs> I totally forgot that was your background but... <laughs> um 
Inch Wild Mile Deep, um, the top performers within any industry, I believe they're probably a bit obsessed about the industry that they work yeah, in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you've spoken about, you know, um, a scattered approach. A scattered approach is no good to anyone. And I think the modern customer can pick up on that. Um, it's someone, it annoys people. It's not it direct. Credibility. You yeah. lose credibility. So yeah. it's all negative. It's all about from my end, um, as a salesperson, what you want to do is you want to really look to understand that market. You want to specialize. You know, um, you want to understand what is important to the customers. So, you know, dovetailing on that back of that logistics example, it's about understanding what challenges are they facing, you know, from a transportation, um, you know, what's, um, what are the key things um, that they would like to see sort of moving forward? What's involved yeah. within their decision-making process? You know, what are their goals sort of moving forward? So the top performers have got a customer-centric approach. That's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? It's all about putting the customer first rather than just selling, selling, selling. It's about understanding the needs of our customer and you can put this in any industry logistics medical devices business to business sales you know construction it's all about looking to understand what is important to our customers so that we can ultimately look to add value by making uh, by providing them with a bespoke approach a tailor-made approach which will ultimately help them and also help us increase our success rates and our efficiency. So yeah, that's what inch wild mile deep means to me. And yeah. it's the, the, the right way to be, to be prospecting, especially moving forward in the modern day. I think now that, I think now that there, um, you, you, you mentioned the word obsessed. I, you can't be the best at anything unless you're not obsessed with it. You just can't. And that goes, you know, outside of work. If you look at, you know, the best football players, rugby players, whatever in the world, they're all obsessed. Yeah. Like you know, they, they spend longer on the training pitch. They take more care with the preparation. It's the same in sales. If you're not obsessed with how your solutions solve the problems of your customers and that customer-centric approach, and you're not obsessed with being the best, yeah. and you probably won't make it to be a top performer, you have to be obsessive, don't you? Yeah. That's what I've seen. It's my experience, your experience yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. So we, we talked about yeah. in our interpretation what makes a top performer new business sales professional um and hopefully people have got a lot of good insight and tips from that how do we identify them in the recruitment process because a lot of what we've discussed there you can't see that on the cv can you not there like unless you meet these people so it's when we're meeting these people how do we how do we extract the top performers from the rest of the talent pool because most people will write a decent cv and I'll put good achievements on there, yeah. and I'll say they're a top performer. They may very well may be, but there'll be companies that I know have recruited for, and hiring managers that I'll be listening where they've taken on someone that they thought was absolutely mustard, yeah. but then they've not ended up being able to to cut it. <clears throat> so how, how how do we identify them? What have you what, what have you seen maybe with some of your your, yeah. your current companies that you work with in terms of what they do in the recruitment process to find these people? Yeah, and I think obviously this is the hardest part, but also, the, you know, the, the most important bit. I think about ultimately what we want to do is create a recruitment process um, that allows us the opportunity to an, to analyse, you know, qualities, behaviours um, and attributes that make a high performing sales profession. Um, so what we need to do is firstly understand what are the top performers within our business, you know, yeah. what are the top performers doing within our organisation? 
um, on a day, on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis to reach these goals and figures, you know. So within that, I would be recommending interviewing the top performers. I'd be recommending, you know, looking to analyze what are the key things that they do and then yeah. bringing this forward into the recruitment process itself. Then on the other end, it's also about looking at the poor performers, right? And the people that maybe aren't doing as well so that we know what to look out for on the negative side as well. So I think the key thing that I'd be looking to do and I'd be advising any organization is to firstly look to understand what works well for us, why mm. it works for us, and then creating a, a process or framework to then identify that within the marketplace. Yeah, totally agree. When when you say framework process, yeah. Yeah. like what have, what have you seen around that? Yeah, well, I think ultimately, you know, um, the top the top performing new business sales professionals yeah. uh, um, are obsessed with their sales process and they understand yeah. the sales process. So if I'm then recruiting to find a high performing sales uh, professional, I'm looking to understand. Do they know what their sales process is? So that's what yep. we're, we're an, analyzing and we're looking for from yeah. them. Are they able to convey what the approach to driving new businesses? Are they yeah. able to explain how they engage with the customer, how they negotiate, how they close, how they get these deals over the line? And a good way to do that is to, you know, ultimately create things within the recruitment process. So that could be, could be you know, role plays you know, situational yeah. based scenarios that we're assessing for. And again, you know, these are things that you won't be able to assess on the CV, but these are definitely competencies and things that we could look and check out for. Um, so it's all about doing things like that to be successful. Yeah, I think I think that point on interviewing top performers and low performers is, is an excellent one, because if you're in a if you're in a role, let's say it's a boots, um, boots on the ground or feet on the street, yeah. sales role, and you go around industrial estates, door knocking, You've got to make an impression really quickly. You've got to demonstrate extreme resilience as well, haven't you? Um, if you're setting a practical task around that, which could be, you know, the person spends X amount of time on a field visit with one of your um, with with one of your top performers yeah. and has a go yeah. at getting a foot in the door. So you can see if they've got that confidence, if they can do it without any sort of training. Maybe if you've got an SDR um, job where, um, again, we're contradicting ourselves a little bit, but hopefully people can see why. Let's say um, you are one of these companies that leads with email in terms of your BD strategy and you need to write amazing emails, then why not bring that into play? Why not write write us three different versions of a prospecting email that you would send? So you create an experience there where you know you've, assessing for that competency i i would i would add to this and something that i've seen companies do is create a skills matrix yeah. it's quite rare but i've seen it and i've heard of it as well whereby what you do is you get your top performer and you'd grade them in the areas of their role that they do so the be like the specific parts of the job like the tangible elements so um preparing for a meeting for example yeah. um it could be around maybe as an activity metric in there. There could be something around um, system compliance. There could be something around the conversion rates from meetings attended to sales. So you've got that on one side, which are all the tangible um, aspects of someone's performance. And then you have a behavior element as well. And you grade each top performer in different areas so you might have like below expectation you might have intermediate and you might have advanced 
And might say, right, for someone to be a top performer, they need to be advanced in these areas. And then you assess your top performers and you'll see these patterns emerging. Yeah. And then you can engineer your recruitment process around that because you know what behaviours we should interview on. And also you've got this practical, tangible element which can say, yeah. right, so for our second stage, we're going to incorporate a task that allows us to identify they've got this in them. So I think that, that that's a that's a good starting point, and that's that that that's a, a, a real forward-thinking way to extract top performers from your recruitment process. That is quite rare in the market. I don't speak to many companies that have got a skills matrix, yeah. um, but it's something worth investing in. People don't have to be outstanding in every single category, you know, Spot to be on. you know. Um, usually, the top performing new business sales professionals, if they are, you know, um, you know, a good average across the board, but mm. if they couple that with that hunger that yes. drive um that desire to you know um to, to want to be the best sometimes these people outperform you know or, yeah. or or and that's what you you find really so a good drive work ethic um plus all you know the the, the skills that we're assessing for on the skills matrix uh, then you're on to a winner so they actually don't have to be outstanding in every single category yeah. to be considered for the role yeah, yeah. definitely because you could be you know, intermediate in one section, yeah. but show you know, coachability is absolutely key, isn't it? Again, something that we didn't touch on earlier, but top performers generally have an appetite to learn, don't they? And they want to continuously improve themselves. So this is something that you'd be looking for as well. You know, coachability, taking on feedback, if you start a practical element to the interview. And, you know, for example, it's a role play. And the person after the role play is saying, oh, I can't wait to get feedback. And again, you know you're onto a winner because that person's coachable. So exactly. who's in scoring intermediate? You're thinking, right, they've got enough there. Yeah. The behaviours are the key. The behaviours are the, are the key because if you look across most businesses, the practical elements can be trained, but yeah. the, the behaviours and the yeah. attitude can be harder to mould and develop. And it depends on the role, the, the level of role you're recruiting for. Maybe if you're recruiting for a more senior role, then you might want the intermediate to advanced on the skills matrix because yeah. ultimately yeah. you're paying for that experience, aren't you, with a higher salary. But if it's a more junior role, the lower end of the spectrum, then you might be more inclined to recruit top performers based on based on behaviours. So it's not an exact science, but hopefully people have got some uh, some good tips from that and things that they weren't thinking about um, and, and a lot of value in it. Um, anything you'd add, Sandra, before we wrap up? We're coming to from the end of the podcast now. So yeah, any, any final thoughts from you? Yeah, just final thought for me. And it's just important, you know, for people to realise that sales is hard, right? You know, sales is a difficult industry to be in. And yeah. I know we haven't touched on this as much, uh, but resilience is so so important for anyone to be successful within this industry so it's important for us to be you know to be assessing people for that for sure evidence examples of you know resilience how they overcome a challenge um mm-hmm. and what they do to keep themselves motivated so yeah, yeah. Uh, just just a final point just to you know for people to remember that the industry that we're in ultimately is a difficult industry but you know we do need to assess though for those resilient qualities you know to to, to be an ultimate top performer at the end yeah indeed sales and recruitment best industry in the world in my opinion but i'm biased um <laughs> so yeah okay well that brings us to the end thanks for coming on sam love Cheers, that Mike. we'll be back next week won't we with another episode yeah 
this time next week look forward to it mike thank you so much it's been a pleasure and yeah yeah and then thanks everyone for listening and we will catch you all again next week cheers thanks a lot (laughs) 